Today, we're talking about the Florida Gators recruiting for our first two segments, transfer portal, high school stuff. We're going to get into both of them. Then we'll wrap up by talking about the Florida Gators women's basketball team after their third straight win only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the only way you can experience the game like never before using Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, sports, movies, games, music, whatever you want to do and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all my written work and we're going to get into it now. Looking at, I mean, just honestly, the Florida Gators. Brilliant. Under Billy Napier, just absolutely murdering recruiting, the transfer portal, high school recruiting, whatever it is, just killing it. And we're going to start off with a commit from yesterday morning, Osiris Torrens, who, you know, this is someone that we expected Osiris to come to Gainesville. That was that was very, uh, like, that was the easiest connection to make once he entered the transfer portal. It was like, okay, he's, he's coming to Florida. Um, and a lot of teams picked up on him. You know, so he was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. He became a four-star recruit when he hit the transfer portal. He is the second Louisiana offensive lineman to come to Florida after transferring from Louisiana. Obviously, the other one is Cameron Waits. He is the third Louisiana offensive player alongside Montrell Johnson, who we'll talk more about in just a minute. But yeah, Osiris is someone who developed a ton. Obviously, like I mentioned this before, Billy Napier was a head coach when he was at Louisiana. Osiris Torrens was when he first showed up to Louisiana. The offensive coordinator was, was Rob Sale, who is now the offensive coordinator for the Florida Gators. So yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was the easiest connect the dots thing. Uh, he did get a lot of interest. You know, there, there were, I mean, Bama and LSU was another one. And the final two came down to Florida and LSU. Thankfully, following a visit to Gainesville this past weekend, Osiris Torrance is a Florida Gator. So this offensive line gets much needed assistance. And it looks already significantly better than it did last year. It looks like we got our new starting right guard here. So that is going to be big for the Florida Gators. Next, we got Montrell Johnson, who is a running back. And I mean, look, I, I never got to his commitment because it was, well, four or five days ago. Well, now at the time of releasing this, five or six days ago. Um, but we're going to now. He was a three-star recruit, similar to Osiris Torrance. And he became a four-star recruit as a transfer, similar to Osiris Torrance. And Montrell Johnson had 838 rushing yards on 162 carries with 12 touchdowns while working in Billy Napier's system at Louisiana last season. And Montrell Johnson just finished his true freshman year this past season. I'm very excited to get him out here. Uh, One of the reasons being that I love a running back that has the vision to identify cutback lanes and make those cuts and not be afraid to use those cutback lanes and attack the cutback lanes. And that's what Montreal Johnson can do. I mean, if you want to see him do that, just just look up Montreal Johnson 99-yard touchdown run because he had a 99-yard touchdown run at Louisiana. So just look up the 99-yard touchdown run and watch him because he cuts back and he kind of reverses across not reverses across but he cuts back he gets out 
to the sideline and just goes. And the whole time, he doesn't look like he's moving significantly faster than everybody else. But he's moving just fast enough where no one ever really gains on him the entire time downfield. So it's one of those things where, yeah, it doesn't look like they're eating up a ton of space quick. But he does gain those 99 yards pretty damn quickly. And again, like I said, like he never really looks like he's getting caught from behind. He's someone who we're going to see a lot of, by the way, I think. Uh, I think he'll get a lot of playing time, especially early in the season, because I get it. A lot of people are like, oh, like running back's probably the easiest position to be like, hey, uh, we're just going to, you know, like like you don't need to know the playbook necessarily. We're just going to throw you in there and you just make the reads, um, which, which is fair. I, I think that's fair to say for offense that it's probably the easiest position to learn the playbook. Um but then again, that's completely ignoring all the passing plays and pass protections and blitz pickups that he would be needed for, assuming that there are going to be audibles or changes of the line, so stuff like that. Where, yeah, if you literally just go here, run the ball, then sure. But then you're just like, okay, well, he's on the field, they're running the ball. We know it. Uh, so, no, not really. Uh, but I think he will get playing time for the familiarity with Billy Napier and for the familiarity with Billy Napier's offensive scheme. I think that maybe early-ish on Montreal Johnson might be the lead back in Gainesville. Again, I, I get it. We've got Demarcus Bowman and Lorenzo Lingard who have been here, but this is a brand new system. And it was reported that Demarcus Bowman and Lorenzo Lingard, or at least Demarcus Bowman, wasn't great at picking up the uh, playbook, which, well, guess what? Now it's a new playbook that he'll have to pick up. So I do think we'll see Montreal Johnson play quite a bit, especially early on this season, maybe Get, maybe give some carries to other backs as they learn the playbook and they get more comfortable. But I'm excited for Montreal Johnson to be here because, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think they're actually going to run the ball and rely on it this year. So Montreal Johnson, a talented back there, I'm going to like it. And the final person to talk about in this segment, Jalen Kimber. And this one is something that I, I like. I like that he's coming here. He was a Georgia commit. He was uh, He committed to Georgia in 2019. And then he joined Georgia in 2020, and he was there throughout until now. And then he entered the transfer portal after the national championship game. And then three days later, he committed to Florida. Uh, he entered the portal on January 12th, if I'm not mistaken, and committed on January 15th, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, it, it was very quick for him. It was a very quick turnaround for him to go from Georgia to Florida. He knew where he was going. It's a better place. You know, that's all I'm going to say. And I, I, I get some people might be like, oh, like, why add another corner to a group? That, you know, or like, I'd be happy about adding another corner to a group. I'm very excited about and very high on already. The thing is, you can never have too many good corners. It's as simple as that. But also, I, I'm openly a very big fan of starting Avery Helm on one side and Jason Marshall on the other as our corners. I feel, I feel like I've been very open about that. Uh, that's who I'd prefer to be the starting outside corners next year. Of course, we've got a lot of depth and a lot of talent behind them in the secondary. And that's, that's also fine. We're going to see a lot of rotations. I, I think people aren't realizing just how much there will be rotating in of players and how much depth is going to be used on this team. So it's like, even if you look at the opening day depth chart and you see it and you're like, why is this guy's second string? He's going to play. It don't matter. He's going to play. Get over it. It's fine. So there's going to be a lot of rotation, specifically defensively. So that that's fine. So Jalen Kemper joining is just adding another pretty damn talented uh, corner to a group that I already think is very talented. He's got a lot of upside. It's just a matter of if he's able to put it all together. And I think that's the main selling point for Jalen Kemper to come to Florida. 
I, I think the main selling point was, you know, he knows he has upside. A lot of people, I feel like, you know, when you got upside, or at least you're going to think you've got upside, whether or not you do, you're going to think that you could be great. So Jalen Kimber knows he has upside. He's got length. He's got athleticism. He can, he can do it all. I think that he sees Corey Raymond as the cornerbacks coach at the University of Florida. He's like, that guy gets dudes to the NFL probably more consistently than anyone else. So that's exactly where I'm going to go and I'm going to work under. And I think that's going to be huge for Florida, especially recruiting wise with Corey Raymond is just, he can get guys to the NFL easily. And so if you've got a corner that you want, you just bring that up and give it two or three years and Florida is going to be able to continue saying that, except they're going to be able to use their own. Like right now, they're going to be like, oh, like, look at the guys LSU has gotten when they're talking about Corey Raymond. And it's like, he's why. But now you're going to look at Florida in a couple of years. You're going to be like, look at Jason Marshall going to the NFL. Look at Jaden Hill going to the NFL. Look at Avery Helm going to the NFL. And it's going to be because Corey Raymond helped develop them and helped get them there. And that's going to be the easiest selling point of all time. Anybody else make money this past weekend? I know I did. I ain't going to lie to you. And I'm, I'm currently, right now while I'm recording, looking like it's going to continue my heater. Uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, Florida has not been super kind to me, but hey, their men's basketball team covered last game they played. So I'm going to just keep it quiet and hope that they keep doing it. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine it is the best way to place your bets and it's 100 free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts make sure to use promo code locked on that is l-o-c-k-e-d no space o-n we're going to take a look more at high school recruits here as opposed to just transfer portal guys i got, got four names that we're going to talk about a little bit first off i'm going to start off with the highest ranked recruit and the least likely commit is <laughs> Harold Perkins, five-star um, athletic freak of a linebacker, which, I mean, we see a lot of, you know, recently in the NFL, we've seen guys like Miles Jack and Shaq Thompson, where it's just like animal, animal linebackers, Isaiah Simmons, things like that. We've, we've seen just freaky linebackers going into the NFL recently. And Harold Perkins is that guy. And similar to Miles Jack and Shaq Thompson, he played running back as well. So, Hey, both both sides of the ball is a linebacker. Uh, Harold Perkins is a five-star linebacker, the number one linebacker in the nation, um, and he is currently committed to Texas A&M. And my head might actually explode. Like if if I'm if I'm recording when Harold Perkins commits to Florida, if he commits to Florida, my head will explode. On I, I promise you, because having Florida bring in Shamar James and then adding Harold Perkins would be just just insane. Just that's 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 the only way I could describe. Just insane. He's a long shot, like I said, because you know he committed to Texas A&M uh, about two weeks ago. I think it's fifteen days at this point. He committed to Texas A&M, but hey, just because there's a goalie doesn't mean you can't score, right? I hate that saying, but like because of how it's usually used. But I'm gonna start using it for recruits. Why not? That's what I'm gonna do. Just because there's a goalie. Doesn't mean you can't score. Perkins was just in Gainesville this past weekend. He's been recruited a lot by Patrick Tony specifically and personally, which is big because I mean, Shamar James has been like, oh, yeah, Patrick Tony, like that's what got me here. Like seeing the scheme, that's what so many defenders have said. Now seeing Patrick Tony and seeing his scheme have gotten him to come here. 
I think Florida is actually being a little helped also by Texas A&M's um, uh, complete and utter incompetence, I think would be the word. Um, if I'm a player, specifically a defender, if I'm a defender, and or if I'm, if I'm, a, if I'm a defender's parent, uh, there is no way in hell I would let my kid play for DJ Durkin, who's now the defensive coordinator at, at Texas A&M. Uh, that just that ain't happening. That would not happen at all. So if I'm if I'm a player's parent, that ain't happening. If I'm a player, that ain't happening. Uh, if you want to look further into him and find out why I'm saying that, you can feel free to do that. But DJ Durkin does not does not deserve a job coaching anyone anywhere ever for the rest of his life. Uh, that's what that's what I'm gonna say about him. Uh, Kamari Terrell is the next one, a three-star corner. Yep, that's what we, we're moving on. We don't care about segues. Uh, three-star corner out of Killeen, Texas. And my biggest thing when watching him is just he's got great length. He's got a lot of potential, and he's also a track star, so he's got the long speed. He could play vertically. He is, but I mean, I'll tell you now, he's a three-star. He looks pretty dang raw as a corner. But again, Corey Raymond is here to help develop players just like that. And uh, I, I mean, I, look, I, I watched whatever I could of Kamari, and I'll tell you, yeah, he's got great length and great speed. So he's got he's got the tools to make it, but or he's got the tools to at least be able to find success and develop uh crystal ball predictions right now have him mostly headed to baylor but i mean we've seen those be plenty wrong before i mean we saw it multiple times with our own recruiting class this season so yeah we've seen that a lot uh his top four right now is looking like baylor florida clemson and usc uh, just i hate usc now because i don't like lincoln riley sorry that's just me <laughs> next up is trevante citizen uh, I'm not going to go super in-depth on Trevante Citizen, mainly because I don't think he will be a Florida Gator. Um, and I, I think that's not like far-fetched at all. I, I think he's going to go to LSU. But uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be a Florida Gator. He is a four-star linebacker from Louisiana. Billy Napier did speak to him early on after Billy Napier initially got hired. Um, but I mean, you know, since then, Florida's added Trevor Etienne and, Tre and Florida's added Montreal Johnson. I just don't see justifying adding a third very good running back to this class. I, I don't see justifying, and I get it. Like, I, I know that there are people who, like I said, with corners, you can never have too many running backs. Yeah, you can. We saw it with Florida this year wanting to get three running backs involved, but not giving any of them enough touches. And I, obviously, there's going to be a lot more carries on the table this year for running backs to take. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't think Trevante Citizen, I think you could have too many good young running backs. I, I think that's a big thing where it's like, at least if they're cycling in and graduating, that's different, but this is, they're all together. So I, I don't think he'll be here. Um, yeah. I mean, if he comes, that's great. It's more talent, but I don't think he'll be here. The final person to talk about is Miguel Mitchell. I figured I'd talk about a recent commit, a three-star safety out of Alabama. Um, he was a little surprising because from what I had seen, most people thought that Miguel Mitchell would be with Northwestern. And I only started looking at him recently, so I'm not going to act like I know reasons exactly, but I'm assuming it had to do with, I'm assuming him, his connection with Northwestern had to do with one person. Um, but the reasoning could be different. Like you could say he was going to Northwestern. He was leaning towards Northwestern before because he'd be a running mate with Brandon Joseph, who was a safety at Northwestern that just transferred to Notre Dame. Or you could say that, he was leaning towards Northwestern because Brandon Joseph left and transferred to Notre Dame. And so that safety spot is opening up for competition again. Um, I, I, I don't know what the reason is. I'm not going to assume that it was, but yes, 
people thought that he was going to go to Northwestern. And I can also say that he is not going to Northwestern because he had just committed to Florida. Patrick Tony was the one to recruit him primarily. And like you guys know, I've spoken about it so frequently. I love what Patrick Tony does defensively, schematically, just in general. I really love what he does with safeties. So if I'm a safety and I get recruited by Patrick Tony and he shows me his scheme and he shows me what he wants to do, whew, I'm in instantly. Like not even a little bit of hesitation. I'm there. It's as simple as that. It's a new year, so that means New Year's resolution time. If yours is about getting fit or getting healthy, whatever it is, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. I'm really bad at keeping a New Year's resolution. That's why I stopped doing them because I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm just tired of taking L's to myself. That's it's just, I'm tired of taking L's to pass me. I don't benefit from that. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, I, I have a sweet tooth, so whenever I am talking about, like, oh, getting fit, that's, that's a bit of a pain for me, but luckily, since I've started eating Built Bar, that definitely helped me. Built Bar is already coated in 100% chocolate. Uh, most bars have like 130 calories and just four net carbs, which is always the biggest thing to me. Uh, 17 grams of protein, which is great. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie, but I also just eat it as a normal snack when I'm not like, man, I don't need protein when I'm not working out. I'm just like, I just want sweet, and so I'll eat that. Throw out the hidden stashes, the Reese's, the Kit Kat, the Skittles, which I love. All that stuff. By the way, I haven't had sour skills in forever. Sorry. Uh, just get Built Bar. You don't got to sneak around. You don't got to feel guilty. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so you'll never get bored. And if you want the same old thing, keep getting the same old thing then. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. To get 15% off of your next order at Built or BuiltBar.com. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about the Florida Gators women's basketball team because I am very proud of these women. The Florida Gators women's basketball team is now 13-5 and five after rattling off three straight games, and they are now 3-2 and two in SEC play. The Florida Gators were down 27-29 to 29 at halftime, which isn't a, isn't a bad deficit. They were down 55-58 to 58 going into the fourth quarter, which, again, isn't a bad deficit. And then, and then the remainder of the game happened. The Florida Gators, the fourth quarter, outscored Alabama 30 to 19. It was absolute, just absolutely savage fourth quarter from the Florida Gators. And it's amazing because this team never ceases to amaze me because I feel like every game I'm talking about someone erupting and giving the Gators a win. I feel like every game I'm talking about some people struggling, but other people stepping up. And every game I feel like I'm always shocked by it when I shouldn't be. You know, last game, I spoke a lot about Zippy Broughton, who I said Zippy Broughton brought it, and she did. And this week, she was still the second leading scorer on the team. She really struggled shooting percentage-wise, but she still played a pretty well game, a pretty good game, and she was still second on the team in scoring. But who was the leader for points this year, this game? Alberta Rimdahl had a monster game off the bench. Like these are like like 2K efficiency. She shot six for six from the field, including five for five from three on her way to a team high 17 points. And it's like, like not missing a shot. Oh my, he check her. My Lord. Just let it, just, just let her do her thing. Like that was just, that is fantastic game by Albert Rimdahl. Faith Duke, who, um, you know, has been dealing with some stuff like, 
<laughs> stealing some stuff, uh, injuries and whatnot. Uh, during the last game, you know, didn't really play much, didn't really participate much. Babe Do tied her career high in points with 14 points and set a new career high in blocks with four. I do believe this was Faith Dude's uh, season high in points as well. I don't think she had 14 before. Her career high in 14 came last year, so she set a new career high in blocks with four, which is just monstrous, and obviously like, let, helped get this team back into winning into a winning stage. Uh, Jordan Merritt and Kiki Smith, whew, they struggled. But like we've spoken about so often here, and I mentioned already, this is a Florida Gators women's basketball team with a deep enough supporting cast and a good enough roster where that's okay to struggle every now and then because sometimes the starting five show up and no one else does. And sometimes the starting five don't show up and everyone else does. And and we've seen we've seen a few games like that where, you know, starters we got some struggle a lot, some play lights out, things like that where this team is deep enough and balanced enough where it's not too reliant on one player, where if that player struggles, then the Gators seems to be like, all right, next woman up. And just just like, just keep it moving. Just keep pushing, keep going. And I love that so much. I, I don't know if this team will make a deep run, but I know that this is a damn good team. Like, I, I can see that. I, I can see that they've got a damn good team. And I know football, I know basketball is not really my forte, but uh, yeah, this is a damn good basketball team. Jordan Merritt and Kiki Smith combined for 17 points on just five of 18 shooting. So that is what I mean when they say when I say they struggled mightily. On the bright side, Merritt and Kiki Smith did combine for 11 rebounds and eight assists. So it's not like they were just doing nothing out there. Uh, but turnovers were a big reason that this game was as close as it was. Florida turned the ball over 15 times, and usually that means like seven or eight steals. But Alabama had 14 steals. Which is insane. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Where one team has 15 turnovers and only one of them isn't from a steal. That is insane to me. Like, luckily, Florida Gators women's basketball team, they did their thing. Uh, Alabama did not convert a ton. The Gators only had eight steals, but still had more points off turnovers than Alabama did. So that was that's huge, obviously. Coach Finley just... I, I give her nothing but props and respect. Honestly, it's insane. Uh, Coach Finley gets the most out of these women, and it's like it, it's insane how much she can get out of these women, and that will never, ever stop being as impressive as it has been. Like the, the Florida Gators, they have a tough matchup coming up. They got Kentucky coming up this Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and Kentucky's a top 25 team. They're a damn good team. And like I, I don't have the same feeling with the Florida Gators men's basketball team where I'm like going into any game, I'm like, yeah, like this is I, I have full faith in them. I have full faith in this Florida Gators women's basketball. I don't know if they will win, but I've got faith in them to do it. And like if they do, I wouldn't be shocked. And that's what I'll say about that. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about our Florida Gators. Now make your second list of Lockdown Bets your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. For Lockdown Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole9Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I'll see you all tomorrow.